All right, so um, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I love this. This is the part that's always creepy for me. So um, this podcast is available if you want to subscribe to all the major streaming platforms like YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. So now that we did that, um, we've done a whole bunch of different podcasts so far. I've got two of my fan favorites. I've got Stas. Anastasio Batsaris, yep. a.k.a. Stas, <laughs> and I've got uh, Mark Bonani and myself, Richie Hessian, and we are, we've done a bunch of different ones so far. We've covered some serious topics. Yeah. We've done, last week was a little bit lighter. Mark and I kind of talked about first in recovery. That's mm. a, that's is going to be like a little series we do, but we interrupted the series for this because it's kind of cool. We did first jobs in recovery, oh, and that was kind of <laughs> cool, and we're going to do dating in early recovery and then dating that's in recovery. Some point. Touchy one, right? Yeah, no, yeah, but it's also kind of funny, and of you know, there's a lot of stuff that comes with it. It's dangerous, the whole thing. It's got everything you want. Um, but in between it all, you know, we've got clients that see, watch our podcast, right? They, you know, they always, you know, find sure, ways yeah. to get on, and they, so they see our podcast, and you know, they'll come up and say, "Hey, I saw your podcast," and like, "Why don't you do this?" or "Why don't you do that?" You know, people have their own ideas, like what they want to hear us talk about. And so we, it was thrown out. I forget who had the idea. I'll just take credit for it, but it really wasn't me. Um, <laughs> um, so, but it, it was me. It was me that came up with the idea. It's a good one. And uh, the idea was to have them put questions and or topics that they want to hear. Oh, by the way, Stoss doesn't even know what this podcast is about. He was brought in in the dark. Mark knew. I know. But ne- none of us have looked. I have no idea what's in the box. And it's a little, thank God I get to filter it, but I'm really not going to filter anything. Like, literally, if there's some inappropriate questions in here, I'm going to go ahead and read them, and we're going to field them <laughs> oh, as I best we can. I hope there are. <laughs> so I, I mean, I always do. I'm still immature at heart. But So these are the clients that had topics that they want to do. So let me get this thing over here. I'll leave it. However I do it, i got to stick my big fat hand in here. And let's just jump right in. Yeah. Now, I'm going to direct questions to each of you, or I'll take some myself. And we, we can't spend too long on any one topic, All so right. it's kind of like the dating game of topics. <laughs> like You're gonna five have two minutes, minutes do a timer. three minutes, whatever. I'm just gonna internal time it, and I'm gonna let you know. Like you got Shut it ten down. more seconds to wrap this up, and we're gonna move on to another right. topic, just to cover as much stuff as we can. If we really get involved in anything, and if there's a topic that's like, I think some of them are gonna be I'll serious. Let it go. Well, we'll see. Yeah, Feel like get it. Okay, so. Uh, topics: How to deal with family and friends after treatment regarding their not understanding this disease, why they feel you are completely healed of your addiction in order to not be triggered by their remarks. Interesting one. I mean, that's Common. as real as it comes. Yeah. And it's everyone deals with it in one way, shape, or form. Um, I'll go with you, Stas. So it's funny, you know, just being coming from a, like uh, a Greek background, right? Drinking's big. Right, drinking's involved in everything. Thanks, Mark. Uh, drinking's involved in everything. A lot of wine, a lot of food, whatever, whatever excuse we can use. Right. So I remember being in. I was in treatment, and the big question was, it's like, dude, so when you get out, are are you gonna drink? Like, what's? Because you didn't have a drinking problem, right? Because that'd be weird, you know. And I'm like, yeah, no, I can't. I can't. And it was, um, it was, it was within me. You know, you you learned when I was in treatment. Believe it or not, this was the days of shut up, sit down. You know what I mean? It wasn't very, you know, it wasn't very nice. It was like, so it was pretty militant. And, uh, yeah, when I got out, they were like, well, you, you could have like a drink. Right. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm an extremist. 
I, I either I do it or I don't. There's no very happy medium when it comes to me. And what I've learned, at least in my in my addiction and in my recovery, it's just the way I'm built. It's the way I'm designed. If I'm going to commit to something, I have to do it. I'm all the way in. I, I I'm not. I'm not the, hey, I'm, I can have a drink guy. I'm going to go off the edge. I will lose my shit. Can we curse in here? Yeah, you can do anything All right, you want, yeah, all right really. cool. So, um, <laughs> and I think fam, I think, and again, ignorance on the family. It's like, well, you know, we, we, you're almost over your addiction. Like, what do you mean I'm almost over? We're just getting started with it. You know what I mean? The substances have stopped. But I'm an absolute menace to society inside myself. Mm-hmm. And just and just 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 that one drink would lead me over the edge. So um, and I think it comes from a good place sometimes or, you know, especially being like, you know, from like the oh, you were men. We have to like, no, man, I'm cultural. not. So yeah, it's a cultural thing. For sure. It can be depending on yeah. how you grew up. God. But it's also a, a good plug. This is why we want families involved in the treatment right. process. That's why we Educate invite them family. down. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And then no you, go, you run the other extreme because I deal with this with families all the time. They're gonna when the kid when, when the person comes home, they're gonna hide liquor. They're gonna do this and that. And it's like you you, you can't get him drunk and you can't save him from getting drunk. Like right. it's not your responsibility either and yet, way. And yet a little common sense really goes a long way. Common when sense. someone's just coming out of rehab, is it good for the family? Like you know, you're going back. You don't take with them to a wife. party. And we well, see you, this stuff. You're going back home with your wife. Right, and you've been away in rehab, and your wife drinks wine. You know she shouldn't have to stop drinking yeah, wine you because of you, you guys bit. are going to have to find that. If you can, you're going to have to find that middle ground. But the thing is, when he first comes home, do you really need to drink wine in front right, of him? Exactly. For the first, until he gets settled, I, I, can we ease into that a little bit? Because a little common sense goes a long way. Long term, shielding somebody from alcohol is just not is not going to work. It's going to fail. But wait, before you, I want to because it was one of the things I was going to bring up with the answer. You know, it's an interesting dynamic because when you work with people and you look at um, uh, the loved ones, especially husbands and wives, especially not so much with moms and dads and the kids, although that dynamic can exist there, too. But with husbands and wives or girlfriends or boyfriends, a lot of times the wife will talk to a wife or a husband and they'll be like, you know, they need help and this is insane and blah, blah, blah. But really inside, they don't want them to stop. They just want them to not be animals anymore. And the truth is they want their drinking partner back. They mm, want their pal back. They want a friend. And and, and some of the literature that we read, the sober literature, talks about that. Like we enjoyed a cocktail together or those evenings by the fire where you can get a little bit lit up. They want that back. They don't want to have their mate or their partner come back and not be able to do it at all because then everything's going to suck and be boring. That's a a reality. That happens sometimes. So it's— People split up. And, yes, and they do. So it's a touchy subject, and, you, and it's because people won't talk about that. Yeah, well. Um, and it's it's effing true. Yeah. It is, meaning like, so he'll never be able to have a drink. She'll never be able to have a glass of wine. What are, and they'll give you scenarios. Of so course. we have a wedding, yeah, and it's this and that. I mean, he could have just a couple of right, like exactly. the champagne toast or, or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, because they're missing out. And when that individual goes back home and we tell them to make meetings every single day after work and then they're going to go hang out at a diner and fellowship, that loved one, whether man or woman at home, they're like, what is this? Yeah. Because you, know, yeah. you were gone drinking, now yeah. you're gone sober. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. But there's got to be trouble with that. But now we're going into and these yeah, are all I mean, like right. these are all yeah. so but to go back to the to back to the question itself, right? 
the, qu- the, the topic is interesting because it says how to deal with family and friends after treatment regarding their not understanding the disease. In the end, what I'll say is it's not their responsibility to understand the disease. If they do, it's the more they know, them. the better it's going to be yeah. for the for the person because it's helpful when the people surrounding you, your people, kind of get what this is and what it looks like to one degree or another. If they get it all the way, all the more helpful. If they don't get it at all, you can get sober regardless of anyone. They don't need to understand the disease exactly. you do. Yeah. You need to get yourself in a position of neutrality where you won't, you have no interest in drinking or using, and you can get to that spot until you do, you, through taking the actions we take in the program of recovery, once you get to that spot, you're in a much safer place. Until then, a little, a little common sense goes a long way. Integration from the beginning though, and being upfront with families and stuff like that and telling them what the deal is, um, even though it can come across harsh or, you know, a slap in the face for them for reality, like you said, at the end of the day, uh, when they don't know, the individual can let them know. And it's, look, it's just perseverance through it. And, and again, not everyone has a great support system or whatnot, but people, places, and things we could talk about. We yeah, can go no, in no forever, doubt. but it's We really, did that last week. Yeah. And, and again, the last thing was in order to not be triggered by their remarks. And, the, you know, the trigger word. Places. Like, look, dude, it is what it is, right? People are going to say what they say, and they believe what they believe. In the end, you've got to get with yourself. This is all internal stuff, and you have to have an internal understanding and shift in the way you perceive what's safe and what's not and what's okay. If somebody's comment is going to derail your sobriety, it was then probably going to derail anyway. It I was, was, it was already that. heading you know, there. Yeah. You've got a problem. But, you know, at 30 days, how much of an experience have you already Abs- had that's going to get you that place? Which it's is take why a you need longer. a sponsor, which is why you need a right. home group, which is why you need to go to meetings every day because this stuff's going to Continue with aftercare. You know, yeah, this stuff's stuff. going to happen. And I'll just tell one more story and then I'm going to pick another thing. It's just interesting. You know, you can be sober for a period of time and you know, when I was a kid, you know, when I, when I was in, in my cups and I was active, you know, I was harsh. I was, I was a horror show. My mom, my poor mother. And, you know, I was angry and I was just, I, they wouldn't let me in the house and no one would, you know, they didn't want me to live there. They wouldn't, you know, they didn't trust me. I stole it. You know, the whole thing, right? I was brutal. And when I got sober, like, and they saw the changes in me, they were like, whoa, like what's going on with you? And that was great. Now you go a few years, and I'm sober. I don't remember how long I was sober at the time. I can pretend it was like seven years, but I don't really remember. Five years, six years, eight years, something like that. And I went to a family wedding, and I'm with my mom and one of my aunts. And we're in this outdoor wedding under a tent, if I remember right. And where there was one of my cousins got married. And it was great. It was a great time. And I flew down there. And to me, at that point, I'm sober, sober. Weddings are great for me. Like, right, yeah, dude, I, I go up and dance. I don't need yeah. to drink, dude. I'm out of my mind. I'm up dancing. I'm <laughs> hanging out. I'm, you know, I have a great time at weddings yeah. now. I don't need booze. And I remember everything the next day. And I like to people watch and stuff, too, which is fun. But anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my mom and my aunt. And one of my aunts says, uh, Richie, why don't you have a, a you used to drink rum and coke, why don't you have a drink? She's like, I, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I'm a nurse. I mean, you, you, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm and I'm like, are you kidding right now? I said, you're a nurse and you're telling me that you think it's safe for me to drink? I said, no, I can't have any alcohol. I said, are you joking? My mother was like, oh, you're being ridiculous. And now I'm like, this comes from my mom. And I'm like, <laughs> and I go, I'm being ridiculous. And my mother goes, Richard, she's like, you're not like that anymore. And I'm like, yeah, mom, there's a reason for yeah, that. And exactly. she's like, you're being silly. She goes, you can have a drink and we'll, I'll keep an eye on you. I'm like, you're <laughs> keep an eye on me. Are you insane? Yeah. Like she doesn't realize that the animal, the beast is it's still there. Waiting. Oh, gosh, and if I had a couple of rum and cokes, like would it, would it kick everything off that night? It might. Probably. It might Probably. take it. Might, <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. like. I would end up hammered 
and going out and finding out where in the Carolinas that the night. cocaine dealers are. That that I might yeah. even steal money out of her pocketbook after sober seven eight years. I mean, at the time, I'd be dead because I had money at that point. And so yeah, you're not stealing. I, would, I wouldn't know how to take anything. Yeah, I would have exactly. been bold. You would have been gone. But and I know yeah. the truth about me. See, their comment too. can't derail me. But here's the thing. In a weak moment. When you're not doing anything for your recovery yeah, and you've got a nurse and your mom who you tortured saying, like, I think it would be fine now. You're like, well, maybe it would be fine now. They're uh, right. I, I would never. You could do You give me that that football. I run it right into the end zone, depending on where I'm at with my recovery. I've literally had the recent experience. I was just at a wedding and my cousin. And it's, again, it's all out of love. He's like, stop by now. I mean, yeah, you're, like you're fixed. Good. Yeah. You're good to go. I'm like, you're fixed. Good. I'm like, check this out. I'm like, listen, I could probably stop making as many meetings as I do. I could probably stop calling my sponsor as much as I do. Same thing with step work. Yo, but what if I'm wrong? Mm. The wrong, that bill, that I'm running that line of credit into the ground. Yeah, it's a One big withdrawal, jack. and I'm a home runner, it's a big and, jack. and well, it's it's a wrap uh, for me. Yeah. And I know that's yeah. the you and I had the conversation. That's the point. You Man. know your truth. I know that's what it. is going on with me. We had the conversation almost 20 years ago, and it was getting sober, young, and sobriety, and kind of growing up. And the one thing that never changes is that I react differently to alcohol and drugs once they're in my system. Yeah. That maybe life will improve, and I'll grow up here. And, and whatever, but the thing that never changes is that the way I react to alcohol and drugs. I put this stuff in my body, and it sets off something I cannot control. Now, what does and it so, say about me that he just said 20 years ago, and I got super depressed? <laughs> it was. Probably it was, eight, 20, it was 18, so I don't know if that makes you feel any better. Years ago, 18 years ago. And now I'm old and fat. Man, when <laughs> I came in, it was different. All right, let's move on to the next thing. Let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. We're in the search for something hot, uh, yeah, completely hot inappropriate. Topic. Yeah, right. Hot <laughs> no, topic. I'm only kidding. Drug overdose. I mean, that's as serious a topic as it comes. You know, we lose people. Um, we lose people. I mean, we lose people. So these I can't aren't tell the drugs, you how many. So these aren't the drugs we grew up with. No. This is a whole new. This is a whole new ball of wax. When I was growing up, it. You know, uh, there was. You know, it was. It was everything. But it was. It was the heroin was heroin. It wasn't cut. And if it was cut, you already knew about it. This is carfentanil that these kids are messing with. Um, and the prescription drugs. I remember when oxys hit the street. I remember that. And then, you know, years later, you, you see these kids ODing like it's left and right because um, they can't. They, at least my experience is and it's a simple one. You know, you get on the pills, you can't afford them anymore. You go to dope. That's just what it was. Um, but these kids, these are these are one shots and they're done. I mean, we have experience. We did a podcast on it. These girls, guys, whatever, men. Lost two last week. Yeah, it's in a week, man. You know, and, oh, same with Three. us. Down in Philadelphia area. I can't tell you how We're many funerals and weeks I've people been People we've touched. Yeah. yeah. But I can't tell you how many funerals and wakes we've been to, dude. And, and, and you don't, to a degree, you get desensitized in a way, but you don't at the same time, right? Like, if you do, but you don't. Like, you still feel every one of them, and it's insane, Overdose, like drug overdose. It used to be where it happened. Yeah. But right. it was more of a now it's become so household that people are like, oh, yeah, I heard like 70,000 no, people died like, last year. That response you heard right that? there. <laughs> that response insane. right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's the normal response yeah. right now because you said the desensitization. I mean, we're so it's so common. Yeah. We, I'm, I'm in a meeting and, you know, he, you know, Mark comes in and he's beat the hell up and he's like, yeah, you know, I would with John last night. John, they make it. Yeah. yeah, it's like you have to just here. Yeah, you have, you have, you have yeah. to fight harder than he ever. made up that name. By the way, that's yeah, yeah it's not real, right? For yeah. people, yeah. people that come Dumb in, down, right. people yeah. that come in the recovery, whether it's rehab or whatever, twelve step, we have to fight harder to get them to the place where they understand that they're done. And and because it used to be like 
You're not done? Try some controlled drinking. See how it works out. Yeah, yeah. It was good advice. Now Go get done. Now it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is right. no, it's no, not, there right. is no done instead. You're dead. And, and let's keep in mind, too, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to not table this. This is. That's a big a, one. Yeah, this is, we that's should a, that's have a podcast. an entire podcast. Yeah, We're going to. Yeah. I'm going to keep this to the side because this is an entire podcast and we have to be thoughtful about what we talk about, how we talk about it. We might have a guest or two in, mm. maybe a family or two to that. come in to kind of speak with us about their kids who they lost. And like, this is the most serious shit that it yeah. is. 70, that, we're in a national state of emergency. This is real 70,000 people dying a year. And it's I like insane. how it's just that, just overdose. Yeah, drug overdose. You don't yeah. need to say anything yeah. else. So we're going to table this one, That's not because it's not important, but because we need to spend a full hour and 15 minutes talking about this well thought out, have the right guest. In. I think we need to do that real and big, so we'll keep that one to the side and we'll do it as one of our serious ones. And that one's going to be, it's going to be depressing one too, but there's a lot to be said and there's a lot to go on. We might even have some people, uh, some people who used out there who OD'd that didn't die. Come on, we got to really think about what we're going to do. Like us? Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, relapse prevention. Relapse prevention. It's called the twelve step recovery program. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's to me that's relapse prevention. I mean there's no Yes. Um but it's true, right? Like for me. Yeah, baby. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> I mean, again, it's it's all a little common sense goes a long way. There are, you know, I don't, I'm not dismissive over the term. It used to be, I used to get relapse prevention. I'm like, you know, how do you pre- prevent a relapse? Like, oh, think the drink through and, you know, people placing things like keep people placing things are real and yeah. you should think it through before you do anything and keeping it green. All those things are not, not true, but true relapse prevention, true relapse prevention from my experience. And I've had a lot of experience with it. True relapse prevention means having an internal shift where you no longer want to drink or use Stay the course. So the course. some are sicker than others, obviously. And we were talking about this before the cameras came on about lifestyle, mm-hmm. like how people are raised mm-hmm. and whatnot. And we're talking about, you know, mob stuff and Philadelphia, New Jersey, North Jersey. I mean, this is what it does. When I got clean, all I wanted to do was stay clean. I was in absolute refusal to change my lifestyle because I didn't think anything was wrong with it. I talked like a, a gangster. I walked like a gangster. I was a potato chip gangster, right? I was all the way a Backstreet Boy at heart, right. but I, I didn't, I didn't want to change my lifestyle. I could pay my cell phone bill. I knew how to pay stuff, but the posture and the energy that I had was in, it was in defiance. And I still hung out. When I first got clean, I still hung out. I was still nightclub promoting. Mm. Like I, it's, I'm walking into the lines then consistently. Yeah. But I still had, I still had the not weakness. a good relapse prevention plan. Right, right, right. right. Exactly. Lucky right. you. Right, yes. right, right, right. Totally right. Do that. Now again, it was more of now I made meetings, but I didn't want to surrender. I didn't want to be a part of until mm. finally that internal shift. Listen, I changed for three things: pain, money, and women. And when that pain got great enough, because I was unsuccessful in everything else, I was unsuccessful. And I had like two, three years clean. And I was like, is this it? Because everyone else with nine months and six months seems like they're absolutely killing the game. They're coming in smiling, you know, and they're living life. And they have friends and they're fellowshipping. And here's me with this freaking poor attitude coming in, thinking that you guys are, you guys are confused. I dress well. Like the ego. I was on, and that's, and that's what it was. And finally, when I surrendered my life, I'm talking about within like weeks, I was a different person. Mm. I was an absolute different person, disassociated with all the rest of whatever I thought I was. And it was 
effortless mm. because I was in the middle of the boat all of a sudden yeah. and I got surrounded by love, empathy. These are people that I terrorized. Like I was, everyone's welcomed. But I was the guy, if you had to vote off, I was getting voted <laughs> off, right? I was, I was, they were like, come on, if we got to make a cut, get this weird kid out of here, right? Which is totally fine. But then within moments, I want to say, of getting, actually surrendering, they saw the shift. They saw the energy. They felt the energy. And they were like, yo, man, we've been waiting on you. We, within months after that, I had sponsees. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where it was. And that's the, the best relapse pre prevention is meetings, sponsorship, home group, prayer, meditation. Commitment. That's, that's right. That's right. the basic. That's relapse prevention. The it's basic. adopting a recovery lifestyle. Uh, period. It. I mean, at the end of the day, you, there's no even cure for this. If you've crossed the line and you've become one of us yeah. and you've lost that privilege to one degree or another, depending on how, you know, again, I can't speak for everybody, just for myself, but, you know, you need to adopt some recovery lifestyle. That is the real relapse prevention is all that stuff, right? The simplified version, if you hear out in any of the 12-step rooms is clean house, find God and help somebody else. That's it. And when you're helping other people and you're out there trying to pull somebody else out of the insanity that you were in not too long ago or even a very long time ago, if you're smart and you continue helping people throughout the years, it's the, it can become a bright spot. But in the end, that's relapse. You want to prevent relapse? Well, you I need mean, to take as, action. As a friend of mine always says, there's a there's a recipe to this thing. Yeah. You follow the recipe, I'm the cake. If you're following a recipe and you leave out the sugar, it's not going to be a very good cake. <laughs> do all the stuff. Do Absolutely. all the stuff. It's not theory. We it's have true. enough evidence that recipe. if you do this stuff, you'll be okay. All right. Let's go to another one. Gotcha. Let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. I think I pulled out a Something couple. Something light, I pulled out please. a few. Well, yeah. I don't know who knows what it's going to be. Right, let's see. Destigmatizing substance abuse and the recovery process. Oh, love it. I mean, it. do you? Okay. I love it. Get, I don't. So, it. listen, recovery is the new sexy by far. That's it true. Is. Absolutely. Fair enough. Absolutely. I mean, like, we see it in the media and all that stuff. And God bless all the, the celebrities that are coming out and really speaking about it. But just in general, um, I mean, just look look what we're talking about right now. Like, I'm not the coolest kid on the block anymore, but I, I'm, I'm an all right dude. And I, I spit game. You don't even believe that, bro. No, I, not at all. But I spit <laughs> game to, like, the, the younger kids because they want it's attraction rather than promotion. Mm. And I challenge anyone who says, I'm not making the—yo, meetings are hype. They're, they're attractive. I mean, I don't know about 20 years ago because I only have 12, but when I walk into a meeting, I see all walks of life, at least in Philadelphia, and I'm sure it's the same thing Everywhere. in New Jersey, right? Yeah. So it's always been so It's way. all walks of life, young, medium, old, black, brown, green, blue, every walk of life, and that's attractive to me. The doctor, the, the, the me, the you, the whatever it is, the Uber driver, who cares? It's, it, that's attractive when you integrate it and that's relapse prevention. Keep coming and it will be eternal. But now it's become, it's in rap music now. I mean, this is really, we've taken a turn for the best. And I mean, listen. So you're saying even, that we're the destigmatizing of the. We're not over it is, yet. But it's underway. Oh, what for sure. Saying, which 100%. is 100%. That's why you're saying it's the new sexy. Absolutely. But, but here's the thing, right? Like, to me, and this is just me, and I don't know how you're, but this is my take on it is. I personally can't expend a lot of energy trying to destigmatize or get other people to view recovery differently. Well, I've got a lot so, of work to do. Just, you know, carry yourself in a particular way. I agree. Do a particular things. And if that stuff takes on a life phone, so, because the thing is this, dude. Let the uh, politicians do that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, but let even the, that. But let's. I'm going to be real. Let's. I'll throw it out there, right? Because you know, I've spent time with this. Because when you open up a treatment facility, you spend time with, and you get to know a lot of the alliances. Many of the towns in New Jersey 
have opened up alliances and they're they're one of the things that they're trying to do is like that anti the, the stigma they're trying to change the the way people view this kind of stuff and they they literally create alliances around yeah, stigma free getting stigma free town you'll see the green sign absolutely the green signs and it become a big thing right so now I, and and I, I can give I'm, I won't name any particular towns but there's a bunch of towns that I've had interactions Most. with and they've got these things and so you go and you talk to them and you're like this is great like you know, they're right. I mean, you can't, like, it used to be, and depending on your age, but people used to you look, think about a drug addict, and what do you envision? You envision somebody who's filthy, dirty, sure. with with unkempt, missing teeth, living under a bridge, and, you know, just uh, looking to steal and put a gun in your back and whatever. But the real truth is, is that half the drug addicts at any given time that you may see in a treatment facility could be soccer moms or police or firemen. Like, it's no longer— Addicts have changed a little bit. It's It's changed changed a lot of bit. Totally. And so, okay, destigmatize—you got to look at it. You got to remember these are your friends, these are your neighbors. All that stuff is well and good. But listen, here's the thing. These very same towns that have these alliances saying you can't do this— Try and open a sober home there. Right. They'll nope. shut it down Nobody wants it. Well, they can't anymore because of right, the, state, no, I know. the state. But there was a time where they're having all their big on yeah. this thing and don't stigmatize. But then you're like, oh, great. Like, you know, we're going to open a sober living home. Oh, we don't want that here. Yeah, not well, in this what do you street. mean? You're in charge of the thing. You're in charge of that whole entire alliance. What do you mean you don't want it here? But it's a different kind of thing. Like, you can talk about destigmatizing, but it's a process. I also, I my, my, my big, big thing with this, I've thought a lot about this stuff. Is I, I just don't want the pendulum to swing too far the other way too. Like I don't want to get yeah, it's lost. It's not in cool the, to be a drug addict. Right, it's not cool to be a drug addict, <laughs> yeah, and it's also not okay. Mm. You know, they used to say in treatment when I was started going twenty plus years ago, like you're not responsible for having disease addiction, yeah, you're responsible but you're responsible for your recovery. For your recovery. And but like, that also comes people with our I know I would have been like, oh, I got a disease, so I'm good. Like I'm gonna go get yeah, shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the way I would. But right, let's, let's let's go so. to another one because you know again um, this is an interesting one and I'm, I said I'd read everything I'm not qualified to answer this question and you guys really aren't technically qualified either <laughs> but if you I'll give it a go you know that what, I'll give it a shot none of us are doctors <laughs> so right, you're okay. not an MD so our answer to this is kind of useless because nah. we only know what we think we know and we're not trained in it can you get Hep C by sharing a water bottle or eating utensil I'll tell don't you don't think just, so. I don't know. Yeah. So again, I'm not sure. I think it's blood to blood. Uh, 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 But maybe. But again, we don't know. But the truth is, for me, I don't share water bottles or eating utensils with anyone anyway. I think it's probably can catch a cold. Public health prop. You can catch something by sharing water bottles. No, but I I think so. Don't share water bottles. Don't share utensils. But again, not a doctor. I think it's blood to blood. Yeah, maybe. But again, you're not a doctor. We don't know. Do you want to gamble with it? Honestly, don't know. Um, Can you fly? Chicken or the egg, which came first? I mean, very good question. Um, my understanding with the chicken and the egg was that God put a chicken on the planet first and then Believe it laid it. an egg. That's what I was told. But I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I tell um, when, I, when I'm talking to sponsees in there, they... They're going back and forth. Egg came later. Had egg to. had to evolution. Here's the evolution. If you believe it in probably evolution, gave live a birth and then so, at some point swim in the water and then it made its way onto land and then uh, it grew God. little feet and then eventually <laughs> it got old enough. And it probably gave it probably <laughs> gave factored an egg. It probably gave live birth at some point and shit was Miraculous. eating it or whatever. And at some point, yeah, and then it just turned into an egg. The chicken, of, yeah. 
Give him that's miraculous birth. Live birth. Live birth. Live birth. What's live birth? Like, like, <laughs> but they would have like They would have live streamed that instead, shit. Instead of laying an egg, it, was around it, had, like, it, just it, it had its chicks. Miraculous birth. No egg. Can you no fly shell. is just, a question. Now, weren't you just saying that you can fly earlier, or was that sure. something different? You, you are fly, right? Isn't that what I'm fly? But no, I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know. Call JetBlue. Book, there a, you go. book a fucking I'm trip. flying tomorrow, yeah, as a matter of fact, someplace very fun. All right, so. Does exposure therapy work? I don't know. Never heard of it. Yeah, what's um, exposure therapy? I don't know what it is. Uh, I mean, then there's other questions about other kinds of experimental therapies and adventure therapy. And, you know, again, I can't really speak to any sure of it. Sure, it all has its I value, but I don't yeah. know. I'm sure it does. Yeah. It also says art and music therapy, which can be extremely helpful. Yeah, I mean, um, that part— In and of themselves, yeah. are any of those therapy, in my experience, the thing that's going to get and keep you sober? Probably not. I don't say no to anything, because in God's world, anything's possible. But— to, to engage in that kind of stuff while you're in treatment can open you up. I agree. And it can help you to connect with yourself, and then it helps other processes. Yeah, it becomes a hobby when you do, when you do yeah, complete treatment. That's a part of. Stay clean. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's a part of, right? It's all, yeah, part it's of all good. Effort. Totally. Like it's not it. going to make it worse. No. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good it's point. true. Right. All right. So, again, we're not going to speak about stuff we don't know. It's bullshit stuff. Topics. Okay, so this person decided to put multiple topics. And again, questions. Let's see. Wait, hold on. I'll go to that one after. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, well, this question is, we I think we covered this already, but how do you or can you have, how do you or can you have a successful romance if you are sober and the partner is using or drinking? Now, again, I'll go first. Using is a whole different thing than drinking and what kind of drinking, right? Like now, we can't dismiss using anymore because what if marijuana has now become legal? You know, to me, marijuana is a gateway drug. People cannot, if you're one of us and you've crossed the line, you cannot safely drink or use drugs in any form at all, period. We have, I beat my head against the wall telling some yo-yos who come in where they're like, well, I can, when I get out of here, I can still smoke pot. No, you can't. You can do it, but you're going to end up right back. And dude, I can't tell you the stories yeah, of too. the kid that insisted that he you could were do right. it. Another OD comes back. You were right, but then after a month, I think I could do it. Another OD, yeah. like dude, you, you're gonna do that until you die. So you can't safely do it. But here's the thing: it, it, it. If it does become legal in New Jersey, and it's becoming legal everywhere else, it's yeah. going to eventually culturally be this similar to alcohol. So to speak to the point, you know, can you? I think everyone has their own experience with this, and I'll let you guys speak to it. For me, when I was dating and I was in the dating game, I have friends of mine who will not date, that are sober, that will not date in their fellowship. They will not date in their fellowship. They want just a normal person that isn't one of us, and they don't care if they drink. It doesn't matter to them at all. I wouldn't. I would only date someone who was sober because it's a lifestyle thing for me. And I wanted somebody who shared the lifestyle and lived a particular way. But but I don't ever tell anybody you shouldn't be with someone who drinks. And then again, if you're if you're starting to date somebody and drinking is an actual activity for them and not just an aside, right? That's a big difference. You yeah, know, when you know, hey, let's go out drinking on Friday. That's the activity. And whatever yeah, else you do is an right. aside. If you're going out to dinner on Friday and they have a glass of wine, I don't even consider that like that's the way it's supposed to be used as a social lubricant. Again, if you're somebody who goes to kiss that person at the end of the night. And you taste the wine on their mouth and you're uncomfortable with that, it's probably not a great idea. If you ask them to use a little mouthwash and they're kind of sensitive to your position, then maybe that can be okay too, right? 
Yeah, I've been fortunate in the dating pool when, <clears throat> when dating non-people in recovery. Normies, we call them, right? Right? Call them normies. Um, and uh, I've been fortunate where they've—I've always been very upfront about my recovery, right? My anonymity is non-existent when it comes to that, for me, at least. And Dude, your uh, anonymity is, uh, is gone <laughs> right yeah, now. totally, right? You don't right? have any anonymity anymore. But I've always been— but you up can violate your own all day. Yeah, yeah. but I've always been upfront right from the gate. And believe it or not, I've gotten nothing but love and warmth out of that. Um, and— most of the time, if I mean, give or take a few, but for me, I subscribe to the same ideology. At first, I was like, ah, oh, I shouldn't date in my, in my, you know, in my 12-step fellowship or whatnot. And then I did, right? And there's a connection that addicts have with one another. Um, and I never felt that connection with an outside, mm -hmm. with a normie. And when they have a drink, something happens to them. For me, I notice it, with, at least with the, the individual that I've been dating. And... Uh, uh, it's and there's there's always something that they just don't quite grasp. I don't know. There's just always something that they don't quite grasp, even though I, I, I'm like, yeah, please have a drink or whatnot. But not just more the drink. That's just the perfect excuse to talk about. Like, this is going to be the dilemma. But there's something in there. I don't know. And when I've dated women in recovery that they were just. I don't know. I've just been more fortunate in, yeah. in that field where there was more of a connection and an understanding. Do you want that? No. You're looking at the back. Get out of the way. <laughs> That's the Greek coffee. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. You're on. Um, do you, uh, you want to say anything else? I've dated what? mostly women and had relationships with women that were not in recovery yeah. for the uh, most part. Yeah. I mean, I have, and I, I don't want this, this is non-suggestion, but I even had a girl that would, like, do drugs. Way back, you remember her. I'm not going to yeah, obviously I mention it. Was a horrendous idea back then. <laughs> but she wasn't. Did. She I mean, yeah. she was in the club scene, so she would like. She, but you know, I can't say everyone that does that anything. Is I not, hear you, but I mean, like, again, the risk. This is the whole thing. Yeah. Can you do it? Yeah, you can do anything. My yeah. sponsor used to say to me all the time, and I'll, this is the. It best didn't take away, but I had a fine you experience with this girl. You can do anything you want in recovery as long as you're willing to accept the consequences for your actions. Good or bad, right? So you can make that decision, and you can get with someone. You can date somebody who does nothing club bad happened. Well, thank God, thank God, right? right? I mean, of course, best way to avoid a punch. It's generally a bad idea. Yeah, listen, probably right. Agreed. But my girlfriends have all drank, and but moderately. You know, and yeah. I just don't have an issue with that. You yeah. know, it's just but, never been something again, for me. And that's the point. Right. And I know people it's that a personal are married thing. for many years where the husband or wife, I actually know both cases, where yeah. husbands and wives are sober people and their partners are are just normal. Now, I don't know anybody who has a successful relationship where they go into it knowing that the person drinks or uses as an activity and is out of their mind. Yeah, or, and you're looking right. to get hooked up with that person. Why would you, right? I mean, use a little common sense, for God's sake. What's yeah. normal? And successful, I mean, the one thing about dating outside the fellowships is that you know fellowships demand a lot of time and so yeah. the no, person's got to be yeah totally you know it's it's, tricky it's hard there, to tell you know, it's hard to tell your girlfriend that you're going out with 30 people to another meeting to a, to a meeting and then going to a diner afterwards and they, she asks who's there and you're like and you just give a laundry list of women with men too and she's like well why can't i come it's like you can come but it's not like it's not dinner yeah. we're just going here to really just talk shit on you know what i mean it's yeah. just fellowship so it's you know now, it can have its challenges if, for sure you know we have other there's some people put multiple like that was a good question and then there's multiple topics on one card so i'm kind of steering clear because you know yeah, one person's card could be the entire i'm trying to move through some questions questions you know there, there's all sorts of stuff in here and one of them i just happened they named like six topics one of them was hope 
And, you know, I always say that, you know, the 12-step recovery program is like a, a carnival at, a, uh, at a, a clown at a carnival throwing candy. That's how much hope that these 12-step recovery programs can throw out there to people. And hope is so important because when most people who come in, if you've been beaten by this thing, that's one thing that you're lack of, right? You're hopeless. You feel hopeless. The message is hope, it's promise, just, freedom. Hope, promise, and freedom. Is yeah. that, there you go. It's and like so, the answer the same for a lot of these questions. Yeah, yeah of course. Dealing with loss while sober, absolutely. stay involved. Yeah. <laughs> Avoiding relapse, stay involved. I mean, listen, you know, the hope like, is, I mean, look at us. Here's three guys that were hopeless dilemmas, and now we're doing a podcast yeah, about hope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very cool. And we're having fun. We got cool little buzzers here. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's pretty, um, pretty mind here's, here's, here's an interesting one. It's a really good question. What percentage of clients succeed on their first treatment term? No one knows the. I think those numbers. It's, it's an incorrect question to ask. Well, no, but it's but it's irrelevant. But it's very relevant. And that's because the truth. So is, many factors. Not many. Uh, many factors, dude. There's a lot of people Listen, who succeed uh, every look, look day. At, look at me for use me for an example. I mean, maybe it's actually actually it doesn't work as an example. I tell people every day. I didn't. I went to detox only. I didn't even end up back then yeah. on Staten Island when I got sober. There were no rehabs. I mean, they probably were, but on Staten Island is like a bubble. And yeah, Staten yeah. Island, if you didn't go on, to, if it wasn't on Staten Island, like I didn't even know there was stuff in New Jersey that you could even sure. option to go to. And my dad was a fireman and he had insurance. I probably could have gone wherever. But in the end, I found myself in um, I found myself in a detox on Staten Island, but I went from detox straight to the fellowship and got sober right out of the fellowship. On yeah, my, you're rarity, kind too, by of the way. my first try, but I had actually tried the fellowship four years earlier when I wasn't serious and I didn't get a sponsor. I didn't do anything. I just showed up. At I did a 14 day a run at, at rehab. That's all I, I, all I did. I actually have, it's funny with those numbers because if it wasn't for the woman on the phone doing my assessment. Right. Uh, I wouldn't. I swear. I owe that woman my life. And she actually did some unethical stuff. Oh, really? Believe it or not. I called. I'd been detoxing on my mom's couch. I was a fucking disaster. Excuse my language. Disaster. Bursted eardrum. Like my body was decaying. So finally we get a hold of this is Yellow Pages times. Right. There's no, <laughs> this is this is how old I am. Um, and I'm on the phone with the facility and um I'm talking. She's like, okay, so tell me about yourself. She gets my information, my cell phone number, this, that, blah, blah. I'm calling from my mom's landline. And um, I'm telling her, and she's like, so you haven't drank in three days? You haven't done cocaine? You haven't done pills in three days? And I'm like, yeah, and I'm dying on the phone. I'm like, yeah, but I, I'm dying. I don't know what I'm, I need to do. And my cell phone rings. And she's like, I'm going to need you to answer that. And I'm like, what? So I'm on the phone, and I answer, and she's like, She's like, honey, I'm going to need you to do a lot better than this. And it was her because the calls are monitored. Right. And, and, I, was, and I couldn't put two and two together. She's like, honey, we have people coming in here, like, way worse than you. Do you want a bed or not? I get back on the phone. I'm like, I'm drinking every day. <laughs> She's like, we got a bed. I went in. <laughs> she walked you through. She walked me through. Uh -huh. But I'm saying, listen, was that— I, that woman saved her. my life, Either right? Do you know what I mean? It is what it is. She heard me crying on the phone, and yeah. I did a 14-day run. Sure. And then I did, you know, then I did outpatient for four months. So and the first thing I did when I walked in there, they told me to make a meeting. Yeah, you're you're in that minority that went to treatment once and got sober. But I mean, unfortunately, the, the numbers To circle low, back, because I didn't stay placed. Oh, relapse is a part of my story. Yeah, I did. I, when I got out of treatment, I almost—I had a year. 
people, places, and things. I stopped making meetings, right? You were unconvinced. Right? I was such a got tough tied up in yeah. work in my first year of recovery. Money, money, money. I needed to work. I needed to work. I needed to work. Money, property, prestige. Obsession meant opportunity. Ran into an old friend that night, uh, and I was back in a meeting a week later, in my like with tears ass handed to me. Um, yeah, and then you know, fast forward. Do you ever hear the saying, "Relapse is not a requirement"? And that's true, right? So, I mean, the, to, to go back to the question, you know, a lot of people, in my experience, don't make it the first time. That they, I mean, that's yeah. the truth. I mean, I, I'm only, it's anecdotal, right? Because I'm not looking at and crunching numbers in the United States. It's kind of well known. I'm like, but yeah, yeah I mean, well in, in the treatment field, from what I've seen, not a lot of people do get it on their first time. Sometimes it's a second, maybe even a third intervention. Yeah, like a three-peat. You yeah. know, so sometimes yeah. it's a little tour. Now, you've got other people who've been to 30, 40 different rehabs and all that nonsense. They say the average one's seven. In the end, I want when they come, I'm like, give me that kid because yeah, I know how to stop that from happening, bro. Like, it's not a coincidence that you're not staying. So anyone yeah. can get sober and anyone. stay that way if you're open, honest, and willing. You need to get to a place where you actually be shown if you do this and you follow what it says, you will never drink and use again. You can actually have that experience. It's real. Yeah, real our, as anything. Yeah, our promise is freedom but from that. There it is. It, it and is. so you're either gonna you're either gonna engage in that or you aren't. Like there's no rehab in the world that can make someone that engage. That can make it. someone yeah. engage. Like, well, you can get them interested because that's really what we do. Attraction. We our thing is to get them connected, even when they came in saying, I don't wanna right. be, we get them interested. It's if attraction. We'll do everything we can to get them. And once we get them, and once they say, all right, well, fine, you know, even begrudgingly, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. and they start meeting with people and doing the stuff that they're supposed to do, all of a sudden you start seeing the light. The light come comes yeah, on. Oh, this so, guy's going to get have, it. You can like, have, it's going to get him. You can start to have the experience whether you want to or believe in it or not. Yeah. You know, you don't have to want this. My experience is But you got to go, go, go to the right, the right spot. Well, when that yeah, light yeah, yeah, like, yeah, And yeah. I'm a big on that. Like, you know, going and doing the same old rehab bullshit and Blah blah blah. Yeah, another you know oil I mean? change. Do thirty break. days and go back again. Another thirty days. Another thirty days. I mean, you know, it, it's. A lot of the work starts like what is somebody's stay going to look like at a rehab to me and the way we do it starts before they even come on the phone. You know what I mean? When we're talking to them, we're like, nah, dude, we're not that kind of place. You're not coming here and doing 30 and then leaving and all that. Like you don't sound like you have any interest at all in or and again, it's not that even that's not true because some of them. You guys start getting them interested or getting them to at least acknowledge the fact that I know, I know. Like, you want from to at least call. get on the pa- on mm-hmm. the same page from the first call, like, for us, that we're not that kind of place. Like, we're not gonna, we're not cool. I don't care what your insurance is. We're not going to just park you here for 30 Yeah, we're not warehousing Like, yet. we ain't doing it. Like, yeah. we're not, you're at least going to have to, there's rules here. Like, this place, we're not going to be like, all right, fine, you can do this and you can yeah. have that. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Like, we're not for everybody. Comfort meds, all that bullshit. We're not doing it. We yeah. don't. We don't believe in sub maintenance. We're not that place. If you're looking for that, go somewhere the else. First, We're not that yeah, spot. Mark says it. Remember, the recovery. Their, their recovery process begins with when we speak to them That's on the phone. From the first conversation, it's no up doubt. Being sets the tone. It yeah, sets of course. The tone. And it's attraction rather than promotion. It is. If, if recovery wasn't attractive, 
Would you be in it? No, of course not. You know what I mean? Like, neither would I. I'd be like, this place is lame. Um, the person it. who asked that question also wrote alcohol use disorder on the back, just the term. I mean, it's alcoholic, but the DSM-5, that's the technical name yeah. for alcohol. Yeah, it's substance abuse disorder, disorder whatever. Substance abuse disorder, Obiate alcohol use disorder. Use disorder yeah. And alcoholism is a real deal. And we, it's just we, softening the language we, again. Dude, and not everything is drug addiction. It. We deal with plenty of straight, hardcore alcoholics. They never touch there. a drug. Never touch a drug. No interest whatsoever. They don't need it. Um, I have a question that's that's uh, it's not for here. I'm going to keep this to the side as well. I'll throw it out there, but it's not. It's really more for the people who um, kind of do the programming and stuff. And, and I guess it's an it, it can, there can be a lot of side topics on this kind of thing. But it says, I think dividing some groups by age would be beneficial. Is that something you would consider? And my answer is, of course, I would consider anything. You know, one of the interesting things, because dividing by by age, by by gender, by occupation, by there's 80 ways you can divide things up. Um, and sometimes it can actually be beneficial. But to do that, like where you're only with your own age group is a mistake. Um, we ourselves, we had considered doing a, um, a, a first responders track, right? Um, yeah, and we had something this conversation that, yeah, times. I mean, I've, I've really seriously considered doing a first responders track, but we don't, we meaning just Blue Crest itself, our ideology doesn't really believe in a first responders track. Not that they can't be helpful to people. Listen, I can't speak to what other people do. I know there's some really great ones, successful bottles and badges I've heard of uh, for meetings outside. Yeah. There's all sorts of cool stuff that they do, and, and having that kind of togetherness can be hugely important, and I get it. But at least for us, rehab-wise, in in the reality of the world is you can't segregate yourself from people. When you leave rehab, you're going to go back with your meet and hang out with your mailman and your and you're the accountant and the painter. And the when you're in the stores and you're hanging out with people and you're interacting. Or what about meetings? Parties, I mean, not, not at meetings. Forget about it. you may gravitate towards the first responder crew. But in the end, the real world is not separation. Recovery yeah. is about togetherness. Recovery is about breaking through those boundaries and barriers. And many times people's in certain kinds of jobs, you know, that becomes part of the problem, that that becomes their identity, becomes being that instead of who they are. And in order to get recovered, in our experience, sometimes segregating is not the best thing to do. Sometimes it's better to, so I know this wasn't really specifically about that, right. but like I said, lots it's of It's helpful to have topics. some throughout the course of treatment, a right? Absolutely. And you should yeah, have right. some of those can have a different set of issues. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it can be solely, I think it's necessary you know what I mean obviously uh, like throughout the course of treatment because yeah yeah I mean look like you said it becomes our identity and they you know you know more maybe more to relate to exactly certain exactly. but again just a piece now I'm not a doctor but again I think I know the answer to this can you get HIV through a mosquito bite the answer is no I mean you know it's a silly question but you can apparently get that other thing with the pregnancy, can't Zika. you? Uh, Zika, can't you get that through? Mosquito yeah, it is. Bites? It's spread. That's through. how it's spread through. It's crazy. Mosquitoes brutal. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened to Zika? Whatever happened to Zika? That shit just went away. I don't hear it anymore. swept under the rug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it was kind of scary. It was like a one summer deal. It's over. No doubt. Um, one or other just came. Do you believe uh, prohibition works, even though it's obviously not? It supports all black markets and cartels, gangs and cartels, and does zilch to people 
obtaining drugs. I see what they mean. So of course, saying, it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious that the war on drugs is a failure. Everybody kind of knows that. So, I mean, what's the solution? It's never going to happen here. They're never going to legalize drugs in this country. They're never going to decriminalize them. They do say, I guess, in Portugal, I've read a lot of stuff. They say it's worked out pretty well. I can't you believe you're money- actually going to sit here and look at all those folks and say they're never going to do that in this country when we are clearly Slowly, but we are clearly heading there. No, I, I disagree. Marijuana. Oh, dude, disagree, I don't dude. Know, man. So, think about think about the amount of money involved. They're never going to prohibition. I just can't ever. But that's full no, on. No, pro- I'm not talking about prohibition. Uh, and ending. I'm talking about legalizing. Full on legalizing. Drugs. Ending. I'm talking about legalizing I mean, drugs. That because of the money, you know how much money they can make if they legalize but how many, drugs. But, and they can tax it. I, I, and look, you take it away from I'm, the cartels and I, you legalize I'm, it. I'm almost it. in favor of it. I'm mm. almost in favor of what, that conversation. We're not going to get yeah, into yeah. legalization of drugs. We're going to stay clear of it. But when it comes to prohibition, I can only say that based on history, prohibition doesn't work. Human right. nature doesn't is human work. nature. People are going Supports to do everything. what they're going Violence. to do. Yeah, and, and the black and market. And 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 what, what this person says the is criminal is justice correct. system, police. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes in, yeah. in, into Absolutely. it. Of course, I, I mean, they tried. They gave it the old college try. I, mean, right? no, I don't even. I don't even. I mean, I'm just sure. a conspiracy theorist. I don't think they gave it the college try. No, dude, they gave it the college. They can stop more. Remember, that was a cultural. but there was a cultural difference back then too. There was a lot of money going on through the streets. Thinking of prohibition back in the 30s. That's exactly what I'm but the, I think he's kind of just referring to even now with the drug, the war on drugs, and still, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, just say no. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, we're not going to, like, assuming that this is I a moving ship, we're I not going to legalize all drugs like they did now. No, answer. we're not going to, but I can't even imagine that with the amount of technology and, and the amount of stuff we have today, they can't slow the flow of drugs into this country a little bit more than they currently do. Well, he just got can't tell me they can't. On our, on our port. 18 tons of cocaine were seized. In yeah, I read that yeah, article. I mean, I mean so. you know. I mean that's great. That's great, but in the end, there's five thousand. I was gonna say now there's right thirty tons that no landed though. We can't do more. I don't Eighteen know. was found. That's about it. Uh, bu- 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 okay. Well, I'll read this one. It is what it is. Need a trauma group, not yoga. People with deep trauma need to talk about their trauma. Um, I agree with that, and I will say that people with deep trauma really should go to a specific program that deals specifically with trauma. Like we're trauma informed our place, but we don't, we don't, we're not, if somebody has serious trauma issues, we generally speaking, and I got to go find, I don't know who wrote the card, but then if they're here still, but they shouldn't be, if they're, they may be talking about just in general people with, yeah. with deep trauma. I mean, yoga can be very helpful with people with trauma for sure. There's so many different things you can do that can help you with trauma issues from childhood. And my experience, most alcoholics and addicts to one degree or another have some type of trauma. But if you're talking about serious deep trauma, for us, we refer people like that out. We don't, we don't, we're not, we're not a trauma intensive program. We don't have specific trauma track. And if you have serious trauma, you really should go someplace with a very intensive specific trauma track. So we don't take people in. We'll generally field that. You guys yeah, know. I mean, we'll field that on the phone and say, hold on a second. We talk to our executive or clinical director and they'll say like, look, dude, this person's got serious trauma issues. We're not going to help them by taking them in here. Again, that's what separates the men from the boys in this field, in my opinion. Than the good from the bad is really knowing what I you're good at. Say. 
Yeah, yeah. Knowing what you're lane. good at, we are not everything for everyone, and we should not be everything for everyone, and we should not just accept everyone into treatment because they call and have a good insurance policy. I agree. There are people who shouldn't be here because it's better for them to seek the help they need somewhere else, and we have a moral it's responsibility to, that to see that happen. Yeah. Absolutely. You're the first line of defense. We're the second line of defense. And if I ever heard that we took someone in because our census was low that we shouldn't have, I would burn this place to the ground before I kept it open. We don't do that. It's just not okay. It's not appropriate. Um, so what we're going to do is, because there's a whole, there's a gazillion, um, hold on a second. Uh, we should talk about what we were talking before. Oh, uh, well, no, here's the thing, right? Because we're, we're at a point now where we're going to have to wrap up because we're getting, I mean, you know, dude, keep in mind, we could do this on and on and on. Hours. I mean, I wouldn't want to us for four-hour podcast. myself personally, but... Um, you know, we can do another, this box, I'm not going to, we'll just keep the questions coming. We won't put the ones that we've already addressed, we'll get rid of, but we'll keep the box going and everyone. So I think what this will morph into, which will be kind of cool is every time we do a podcast, we'll do like a break in between, especially when we have multiple panel people on, like next time, I think we're going to do four people in here. Um, but we can do a question or two every segment. We can keep this box we'll going. Throw it into Instead the of doing sure, one, we can just pull out questions and answers. And, um, you know, this was a specific question, so we can even end with it. Um, not that it's particularly, but just it is yeah. what it is. It says, how or why would someone who has been in treatment decide to leave and relapse immediately? Obsession. I mean, yeah, well, there's a, thousand reasons. <laughs> there's a thousand reasons for that. And it just, it, it's interesting because I just had this conversation with someone yesterday. And, you know, it doesn't, it is what it is, but... There's a place, um, a rehab, and the person was telling me this just last night. And then I read this question. It's interesting. They were telling me last night that this particular rehab, um, very close to the rehab, like on your way off of their little camp, their their little campus or whatever it, you would call it when they when you leave at the bottom of the hill or whatever it is uh, or somewhere on your way out, there's a bar. And when you graduate this place, they give you a coin with the name of the place on it. Like, you know, uh, many of us I do. I know where you're going with And this. apparently, sure. if you go into that bar and it's give crazy. them your Get coin, they give you your first drink for free. And they have a big, huge thing filled with the coins. Now, that's brutal, right? I mean, obviously, it's brutal. I mean, who's the bar owner? Like, dude, yeah, really? That's like, there's, that a bar, there's, a terrible. Bar, there's a bar in New York City called the 13th Step that you can go oh, in. There's one in Philly, too. You could oh, put, is there really? Yeah, and you, you go put, put your sobriety coin in? Put your corner chip in there. Uh, first drink, first drink free. Yeah, yeah, Thirteenth step. Like called like twelve steps down or something like that. That is so <laughs> brutal, dude. So oh my god, it's terrible. But in the end, that's a reality. You know what I mean? And again, I asked the question: Is why would someone do that? Well, they're I mean, alcoholics and addicts. Yeah, they're alcoholics yeah. and addicts, and they didn't do something or enough to get themselves into a position where they wouldn't want to do that. You yeah. can't. You know, you can't make someone get sober and not um, somebody who leaves immediately and immediately upon leaving immediately Guys, I've got I walked uses like what what work did they do while they were away I mean it's well and it's just treatment of any kind I, I guess is the question I've walked out of detox got in my car drove immediately to Patterson and bought drugs from like no stopping I was like I'm skipping work I'm going to get high. I mean I just I wasn't done yeah I wasn't you know a lot of it done. is like you know they they go into detox day three they're back. They feel better. Oh, yeah. Right? I, mean, I made better. way too big of a deal with yeah. all this. I'm good. No, yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. Everything's managed. I'm fine. Husband, wife, I love you. We're going to fix this out. You need me home. And then the manipulation just starts. See, that's a lot more with alcohol for some reason, too. Yeah. And um, and then again, you know, they, they went in to shut someone up. 
They just went, yeah. they got up, they went yeah. in to shut someone All up, the they went reasons. in. Or, you know, again, but maybe. Those people get sober too. That's the I agree. Listen, don't that's get that's me wrong. a really hard I question hold to it answer. To us. I hold it to the rehab. I'll be honest with you. Like, for me, and we follow, I track everything. We, I'll be honest. And, and again, this is just, and we track everything from people who graduate our program. Honestly, I don't know a lot of people who've left here that have drank or used on their very first day that they left. I don't know that. I'm sure it happens, but it don't happen a lot. Right. My question is, the fuck kind of work are we doing as a facility if the day they leave, they're going out and drinking? But it's happened. I know for a fact it's happened. But you can't get through to someone that's so super close. But that's your job. Your job is to get through to them. The super resistant people. That's the job. Absolutely. The job is to get through that, pierce that veil for the super resistant to say, dude, you need something different. You need to change. They've heard it from 80 different thousand ways and from people, but what are you doing to get them to actually hear it? They, they'll listen, but do you hear me? Yeah. I'm listening to what you're saying, but I can't yeah. hear you. Know, you're not feeling me, though. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, and again, I, th- I look, responsibilities on, but when someone leaves treatment, and we hear about it all the time, I, you know, whatever, and it's usually... No, I just can't be here. I just can't be here. When I talk to clients that are, are in detoxes and like they get me on the phone with them and they're like, not a shot in hell, Stas, that I'm listening to you right now. You know? Yeah, you know. Because I'm all yeah. upbeat and enthusiastic. I'm probably the biggest pain in the ass. I'm the last person they want to talk to. Yeah. They're like, bro, you're really killing my freaking plan. I think a lot of those times, those people, it's not even that they have the intention to go do it. They don't know that exactly. the voice the driving their decision is alcohol. And they're like, yo, I got, and the bullshit with me. I'm like, yo, I got to do, do this. I got to do that. I'm like, bro. I get the fuck off. I know you want to go use. It's okay. You're yeah. supposed to right now. Yeah. You were supposed to want to go destroy your life right now yeah. and burn it all the way down. Yeah. You probably got some stuff at home. You got a 20 laying around somewhere at the house. You know that mom's home. You could go there, at least manipulate her to get you to do this, and she needs to pay for that. So you, I get it. I've, I, I help write the book right. I'm in, along with millions of other addicts. And sometimes we've been able to get break. I wish it was more. I wish my stat was, was higher, obviously, but it's not. And the reality is, is that sometimes, uh, you know, just our words can't get through to that, that, that wall of disease. You know what I mean? It's tough. All right. So, uh, you know, we'll cut it here and we'll, um, like I said, we'll, we, we may do another one of these. Maybe we'll mix it in with all the other ones that we do. I don't know, whatever, who knows what we're going to do. You never know where yeah, we yeah. end up going, but we have some cool topics that we can bring out of this as a result of it. Um, I think the next one we're going to do is going to be the, and you may want to come back for this one stops cause we can have some fun with it, which is dating and recovery, <laughs> dating when you're first in recovery. I mean, cause that's crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the beautiful things, disasters, Jim always says that. <laughs> The two things that take people out more than anything else is surgeries and relationships. Those are the two big ones for relapse. Relationship pain. Talk about relapse prevention. Don't get any surgeries and stay out of relationships. (laughs) But no, but really, like getting involved with a boy or a girl is in early recovery can be dangerous. And going for dental surgery or some kind of surgery where they give you painkillers early on in recovery also takes a lot of people out. So, you know, the surgery thing, maybe we'll even mention it while we talk about the relationships (laughs) next time to cover both. But the relationship topic can be a fun one. So next time we'll do the part two of the first sim recovery series sure. and we'll do relationships and we'll cover kind of different aspects of that. And, um, in the meantime, if you want to subscribe to the podcast for some insane reason, it's available on the major streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And this is Richie Mark and Stas signing off. Yeah.